Hello and welcome to Living Hope. This is Pastor Staten, and I want to welcome everybody that is joining us today. A shout out to our E family, all of you that are joining us through the internet. I want to remind you every Sunday morning at 11 o'clock, you can join us live at tv.livinghopemd.com. I pray that today's message blesses you and that you enjoy the word as it is shared today. I'm so lost to be found, and I know it's in my mind. Amen. What a a powerful move of God, the presence of God. We're honored today to have Brother and Sister Johnston with us. This is Brother Josh's father and mother from Elkhart, Indiana. Amen. He is uh, a great man of God, serves in official capacities across our movement. Most importantly, though, he's Josh's dad. Amen. That's that's why we love him so much, because he's Josh's dad. But uh, I've asked Brother Johnson to come, and I invited him earlier this week to preach. And he turned my offer down, but I told him this morning, I said, look, if you feel to preach, I promise you, amen, take your liberty. So I don't know what he's getting ready to do. If he testifies, we'll enjoy his testimony. If he preaches, we're going we're gonna to help him preach, amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Beautiful spirit of the Lord. Beautiful spirit of the Lord here. Hallelujah. God bless you. You may be seated for a moment anyway. Amen. It's just awesome to be with Brother and Sister State and their family and the church family. I have, um, I don't think you can see it from here, but I had a, a great friend, a great mentor in my life. We served in Hong Kong. And uh, he was a missionary there, and he died not too long ago. And the family made fingerprints. And on my cufflinks are the fingerprints of a great man of God named Brother Forbush, who uh, led the mission field in Hong Kong for a number of years. He, He lost his daughter while he was there. He suffered many things. Amen. But he led it in great faith. He was a great prayer warrior. And he impacted my life. And I've got his fingerprints I wear on my cufflinks. Always reminding me that I'm part of a generation of great men of God. And great men of God have put their fingerprint in my life. Amen. And the reason I wore it today, my wife reminded me before we came that I ought to wear these because I don't know if Joshua has even seen them yet, but, but Brother Forbush was in my life before Joshua was even born. And um, I was a young man in my early 20s, and we went and started a Bible school in Hong Kong. And I just think Joshua is in his 20s, and whether you know it or not, your fingerprints are being placed in his life. And I am thankful Amen. For your fingerprints being placed in his life. And so many of you have the fingerprints of this man of God being placed in your spirit. Amen. In your heart and in your soul. And how valuable is that? We don't often think about that, but it is extremely valuable to have a great man of God. And I want you to know, I, I'm, I'm pastoring for over 30 years now. I've been married 40 years, been in ministry for 40 years. And I trust Brother Staten 
I've seen lots of men, lots of men of God, lots of things. And uh, it, it is awesome, Brother Staten, that you're putting your, your fingerprints and your words and your encouragement and your strength in my son's life. And I want to thank you personally for that. And I want to thank you publicly for that. And if you don't thank your pastor on a regular basis for being a great man of God, amen, you ought to do that on a regular basis. Thank you, amen, for being a great man of God in our lives. Amen, amen, amen. He did, he actually did invite me to preach and I actually did turn him down. I don't like to turn him down, but I thought, you know what, I just want to sit. But a thought came to me and I'm just going to take a moment or three hours. Let's see, John 7, 38, out of your belly. would flow rivers of living water. Amen. I, I think you ought to understand this. I think you ought to comprehend it. Living on this peninsula, you have on one side a mighty river. On the other side, the ocean. Or a great big um, body of water connected to the ocean. And it's an interesting thing that when you come, when and I've gone down to the docks over by Joshua's house in Leonardtown and stood and uh, marveled at the river as it flowed by and the water that's there. And he used to live on the Chesapeake and his apartment was right on the Chesapeake. So we'd go out to the beach and stand and see that big body of ocean and uh, be amazed by it. It's beautiful. Every time I'd go there, it looked the same way look like a great big beautiful body of water if I go down to the river again it'll have the same borders and it'll have the same trees and it'll have the same houses and it'll be just like it was when I went to visit but it's not like it was I was reminded today and I've been reminded this week that it is not the same water every time I go there it's new water amen and when I come to this church it's new people. Amen. It's a new touch of God. It's a new move of the Holy Ghost. Amen. It's new, brand new, changed lives. Amen. And this is not the church that it was two years ago. And this is not going to be the church that it is in two years from now. Amen. It's going to be a brand new church. A brand new Amen. Be seated for a second. I, I want to just talk to you. I feel this, and, and I turned him down. I'm telling you, I turned him down with no intent. I came to relax and enjoy. This man is a great preacher. You know that. He's a great. He's preaching all over the place. He comes to Indiana and preach, and I find out he's coming to Indiana and preach, and I reach out and say, hey, why don't you come up and preach for me? He says, well, I would, but I'm preaching for all these other guys. And so I've not yet got him to Elkhart, Indiana, but I want you to come to Elkhart, Indiana and, and uh, preach for me. But a great preacher, but I want you to understand something about water. It's never the same water. You can say, well, that's like that rain back when I was 
It rained so hard. I remember rain when I was 12, and it's just like, it's not like that rain. It's not the same water when it rains. It's brand new water. You know the process. We, when I went to Bible school, very first lesson, um, the elder that was there taught us was a, a lesson called The Wonderful Moon. And I don't have time to teach you The Wonderful Moon, but The Wonderful Moon really is a wonderful moon. Do you know it goes around the earth every 28 days, goes full, goes dark, goes quarter, half, sliver, all of those processes that it goes through. One of the purposes of the moon is to pull on the earth. And the ocean, it has such a response uh, the ocean responds to the pull of the moon. And you have high tide and low tide. Every time there's a pull of the earth uh, or the moon on the earth, you have a high tide and a low tide. It pulls in and it pushes out. It pulls in every day and it pushes out. And he taught us that it actually pulls out uh, the, the bad pulls out the sediment, pulls out the pollutions, pulls it out into the ocean, and then it will go down into the deep and it'll bury it. And then new water comes in every day from the rivers, every single day, and flows into the ocean and creates a barrier to prevent the, the uh, water along the coastline to be completely polluted because if it didn't pull it out and dump it you'd have pollution just line the shores and I know you have some pollution but it's not nearly as bad as it would be if you didn't have everybody say it with me that wonderful moon say it again that wonderful every day whether you realize it or not it's working for you whether you acknowledge it or not, or whether you think the moon is just there so it'll go full and you can have a really romantic date. You think that's the purpose of the moon. That's not the purpose of the moon. The purpose of the moon is to get rid of the old and allow new to come in. And it does it twice a day. It's pulling out and pushing in and pulling out and pushing in. You Navy guys, any Navy guys in the audience, you can tell that's exactly what it does. And you, you live your life by that push and pull. If you're on the ocean, you live your life by that push and pull. And I'm here to tell you, there is a push and a pull to the Spirit of God that wants to accomplish something in your life. Romans 5 says you can know God that is knowledge beyond knowledge think about it Rome, uh, chapter 3 verse 19 says it passes knowledge you can know God in a way that is beyond depends on which version you read it in it's beyond knowledge one of the great things preachers have to do is get you to understand your brain is not the point what you know is not the point. Just your knowledge, just your understanding is not the point. Because God goes beyond your understanding. God is bigger than you can understand. He is greater than your ability to comprehend. You can't even know the boundaries of God. You can't know the left side or the right side of God. You can't know the height nor the depth of God because God is greater than your ability to know Him. But the Word of God says you 
can know him beyond knowledge. You can know him beyond your ability to understand him. You can have faith in him that passes your ability to understand him and you can be a new creature. We serve a God, we serve a God that spoke to a, I don't know what you would even call it. I, I would call it, I would call it a, um, I don't know, maybe a lizard. God spoke to a lizard, something that ha had arms and legs. In fact, if you go to the, the animal that it is today, science tells you there are vestiges. At one point, this creature had arms and legs. And there's parts there in the skeleton that say, looks like at one point it had arms and legs. But today, it doesn't have arms and legs. And God said, amen, to the serpent, you're going to go on your belly all the days of your life. I don't know, the Bible doesn't say he had legs, but every single snake looks like it had legs at some point before, and they try to prove evolution because they say the snake used to have legs, and because of evolution, it let go of its legs. I don't know anybody in the room that would just let go of its legs and say, I want to crawl around on my belly. Amen. But God said, amen, from now on, from this point forward, you're going to take away your legs, and you're going to crawl on the belly because of what you have done. I believe in a God that transforms. I believe someday there's going to be a lion that lays down with a lamb. I believe God can change the nature of a lion. Woo. Think about it. How can God, how? I'm talking about knowledge beyond knowledge. How can God change? Do you know a lion's nature is to eat meat? And it's designed to kill. It is incredibly effective at killing. I went in Africa one time and went into Ethiopia, Addis Ababa. And I was teaching in their, uh, in their Bible school. And they took me to their local uh, lion cage. And, and there was a lion at the zoo. And the guy went up to the cage. And, and I said, well, hey, I'm going to get a great picture. He said, hold on. I'll make it roar. And I thought, what? And he said, here, here, get ready, get ready. I'll make it go, wah. And so the lion was laying right there by the edge of the cage. And it was one of those old bar cages. We don't do it that way anymore, but it just had bars on it. And, and he walked up to that lion and he reached in the cage and slapped him on the face. I didn't get the picture. <laughs> I mean, that line went, Rah! and I just stood there dumbfounded that the guy would reach in and slap the lion. And I just, I mean, I was scared to death. And, and I said, I, I didn't get the picture. He said, well, get ready. I'll do it again. And I thought, my God, the lion knows it's coming. And he reached in and slapped that line, and that line went, Rah! 
And I thought, that man is crazy. <laughs> the lion's designed to hide, to hunt, to kill. Every muscle, every bit of its brain, every claw, every tooth is designed to kill. I'm amazed at the number of the people that think that you've got to live the way you've always you got to think the way you always have thought. you got to act like the way you've always act. you got to carry what you've always carried. I want you to understand. I, w I want you to understand, because I believe in a God that passes understanding, but I want you to understand so you can believe in a God that passes understanding. I want to show you what you do. If you're carrying the old life around with you, I want you to show you. I have people in my life. I have people in my church. I need to empty this. Can I empty this? How old is this water? Huh? You wouldn't? Would you call this stale? Well, there's faith right there. So I'm going to hand it to you and let you drink it. Who will volunteer? No, I'm not going to make you do that. You didn't know what I was going to do. So it's, it's warm, it's stale, and it's old. When did you last put water in the tank? Somebody tell me. Uh, this is only a week old. Imagine. Imagine if this was 20 years old. What happens to old water? What happens to old water? I have an alternative thinker in the room. That you're exactly right. I'm thinking of, of a just a bucket of water sitting out beside the porch, or a, a pot of water sitting out somewhere open to the elements. Have you ever walked up and looked inside of a bucket? Have you ever seen? It's nasty. Let me tell you, one time when I was in elementary school, I found a, an egg. It was dropped out of a tree, landed on the ground, and I had this wonderful thought. I said, I'm going to take that egg and I'm going to hatch it. I didn't tell my mom or dad, didn't tell my brothers or sisters, and I took the egg and I took it in the house and I put it underneath the water heater because everybody knows eggs need to stay warm. And it was a... I mean, it wasn't a planned idea. It was just a random idea that I got one day. I saw an egg on the ground, and I thought, this is what I need to do. Have you ever had stupid ideas? And I had this stupid idea, and I thought, man, it's a great idea. And so I picked up the egg. I took it in the house. I put it, you know, I was a little boy, and I put it under the hot water heater. And then you know what I did? I closed the door and forgot completely. Forgot about this egg falling out of a tree. 
And then about a month later, we had a science deal at school, and the, the science teacher said, you know what we're going to do tomorrow? We're going to get an egg, and we're going to, you know, those days you dissected frogs, and you, we're going to dissect an egg. And I thought, just in that moment, it reminded me, yes, I've got an egg. It's a bird egg. Can I bring it? And can I dissect it? And she said, sure. Yeah, that would be cool, a little robin's egg. That would be so neat, yes. It would be so exciting. Everybody thought, wow, that's cool. How would you get that egg? And you know you know how kids are. Wow, that's neat. I wish I had a robin's egg I could bring. And, and so we all brought it in. And the day came that next day, and I, you know, we had this little vase deal and a little glass. And I took that little bitty robin egg, and everybody's gathered around. All my friends and the teacher were there. They all wanted to see if there was a difference between that egg and a chicken egg. So I held it up, and I broke it on the glass. And the most horrendous black goo came out of a rotten egg. And instantly the room filled with the aroma. My friends were choking and gagging. And I grabbed it up and had to run out of the room. They had to open the doors and open the windows. And I mean, the smell went absolutely everywhere with that rotten egg. And when I came back, the teacher was wondering if she needed to send me to the principal's office <laughs> for pulling such a trick. And I swore to her I was innocent. I thought this was a really good idea. I didn't get sent to the principal's office, thank God. But I want to tell you, amen, you pick up an old nasty water and then just take a big swig anybody want to try anybody want me to try uh, thank you very much may the Lord richly bless each and every one of you but how many people in life carry old hurts The Bible says, lay aside every weight and the sin. Sometimes you just carry weights. Like carrying an old bucket of water from 20 years ago. An old hurt from 30 years ago. Somebody hurt your feelings five years ago. Some preacher hurt your feelings 10 years ago. It was another church at another time. Or maybe it was him. Maybe he hurt your feelings. Amen. That wonderful guy with a fingerprint in your life, maybe he poked you a little harder than you thought was good for you. Amen. But he did it because he wanted you, amen, to change, to be different. Maybe to let go of that thing that you've been carrying all of your life and to realize what I need is not drinking from an old water, not drinking from an old well. I need a brand new flow of God's spirit. I'm designed, amen, every single week. Y'all aren't getting me. Amen. Y'all aren't getting me. I'm designed. God intends for you to be new tomorrow. The Bible, you may be seated. The Bible says his mercies. Oh, you just don't understand what I've done, preacher. You don't understand the, the preacher this morning. I don't know who that guy was, but he did a fantastic job. That was a great lesson this morning. I thought it was really very cool. Amen. I don't know if he's in the house, but 
I listened. I enjoyed. I, I, there you go, brother. Amen. Jamaica, did you make me happy? <laughs> Hallelujah. It's a great word of the Lord. The power of God's spirit, amen, to release you from your past, to change your nature, amen, to make you a new creature in Christ, amen. To, so I'm, I'm dumbfounded. I'm telling you, I'm dumbfounded by people who commit suicide. You know what happens with people who commit suicide? They carry an old nasty bucket and they keep drinking from their old life and their old problems and their old heartaches. And if they'd ever get a hold of brand new wine, amen, if they'd ever let God flow into their life, his spirit move into their life. The Bible says... The Bible says he makes all things new. Be seated, be seated, be seated. Do you know they did a test? They did a test with monkeys. Used to believe, they used to believe, scientists. You know, we're going to trust the science. For any of you who thinks that you need to trust the science over the word of God, you need to listen to this. They used to teach they taught in medical schools. They taught in psychology that once you turned about five years old, your brain was formed. It was set. You could add knowledge to it, but you couldn't really, you, your brain, your, the structure of your brain didn't change. It, it, it doesn't change. Once you kind of get it set, your intelligence will be set, your ability will be set, now, you can add knowledge to it. You can improve your knowledge. But the structure of your brain is set. Now, listen to this. They got a monkey. And some scientist, I don't know how he came up with this, but sometimes scientists somewhere said, you know what, let's try this. And they sewed a monkey's fingers together. And then they let it heal so all of his fingers were like this. He couldn't do a single finger he had to move his hand as one. And they, before they did it, they mapped the monkey's brain. They would touch this finger and then touch that finger and then touch that finger and touch that finger. And the way they, the book described it is it was as if you laid your hand on your head. And if you touch this finger, this part of your brain would light up. And when you touch the next finger, this part of your brain would light up. And when you touch the next finger, this part of your brain would light up. And so as you touch individual fingers, they, the, that part of your brain lit up individually. So they sewed it all together, and then they would touch any finger. After about six or eight months, they would touch any finger, and any time they touched the finger, it all responded, that whole area of the brain responded as if it was all being touched. You got it? You understand? So it's as if he never had fingers. They changed the structure of the brain. They changed the feeling of the brain by sewing it all together. And so the doctor said, wow, that's really cool. Let's cut them all apart. And so they went back and they cut the monkey's fingers apart. 
and the monkey kind of had to relearn to use individual fingers. So six or eight months later, they came back, and they touched the individual fingers. And do you know what happened in the monkey's brain? If they touch this finger, this part would light up. If they touch this finger, the next space over would light up. If the brain literally remapped according to input. What am I telling you? Why am I telling you that? Amen. You just think about your spiritual brain and your spiritual heart. I came in with such a heavy load. Let him touch you. Amen. Let him rearrange you. Let him rewrite you. Let him make you new. Amen. His mercies are new every day. Every day. He's ready for whatever you face. He's ready for whatever problem you've got. He's ready for whatever heartache you've got. He's ready again. You're You ever had someone say, man, that person wears me out? <laughs> you ever had, you used to, my, my grandparents, God bless them, would say, you're standing on my last nerve. <laughs> I mean, you've been stepping all over all my nerves, and I got one left, and you're standing on it. I mean, ever, f- I'm going to let you raise your hand, but don't point. Has anybody ever done that with you? Have you ever felt like, man, I'm on my last nerve? Don't point. I had, I've got a guy in our church named Matt. He's blind. He's uh, just been approved to be a missionary to Israel. He's got a second master's degree. I mean... He's, he's brilliant. He went blind because he had a meth lab. His dad was teaching him how to cook meth, and the meth lab blew up in his face and burned his eyes out. He was in prison. Our prison ministry found him. He graduated from IBC. He graduated from another school, two-year degree. He went to Israel. They told him, you can't come to Israel. You can't learn here. We're not, we can't teach blind people. You can't do this. You can't do that. He graduated with a second master's degree. He's getting an education degree, and he's going for a doctorate in Israel. And when he went, he didn't speak Hebrew. Now, you tell me. That you're always going to be like you are. You tell me God can't take you from where you're at and put you where he wants you to be and do greater than you can see. You can be greater than you can know. Amen. He can use you greater than you've ever seen in your life. And you can be brand new in Christ. You can be brand new. You can be. You can be. Because you can know a God beyond your ability to know him. Let me seated. I'm telling you, when Matt told me that he was going to be a missionary to Israel and preach to the Jews, I went, okay, we'll see. He was just out of prison. 
He hadn't gone to Bible school yet. In my, I, I promise, this will encourage you. In my heart, I said, there ain't no way under God's green earth. <laughs> I mean, the guy couldn't hardly put sentences together. His whole family are drug addicts and alcoholics. None of them have a degree. He has no history, no background, no understanding, no family, no family in the church. There is no structure. For a year and a half, he slept under his father's table. The only place his father would let him was sleeping with his dog. He had a CNI dog. He spent a year and a half on the floor, not a pallet, on the floor underneath the kitchen table. And he would sleep there because he said, God's called me to Israel. And I believe God can help me. God can use me. Now come and tell me your problem. Now come and tell me why God can't use you. Come and tell me why God can't change you. Come and tell me why God can't rewrite your life. Come and tell me why God can't rewrite your family. Come and tell me why God can't rewrite your heritage. Come and tell me, amen, why God can't do a godlike thing in your life. Amen, I'm telling you, God can do a godlike thing in your life. God can do a thing beyond your knowledge, beyond your ability, beyond your capacity, beyond your understanding. God. Call you out of darkness. Put your feet on a rock to stay. He started churches in Jerusalem. He's got a work he's working on in Ariel, which is up in Palestinian territory. He's planning. He just went back Thursday. He just got appointed last week. Be seated. He's headed there. He's planning on starting churches. Who are you? Who's your past? What, what bucket of slime are you carrying around? What should you sit down? What does God want to birth in you? I... I'm going to tell you, Brother Staten, what the Lord told me. You ain't seen nothing yet. God's got greater for you. God's going to stretch you. God's going to use you. Amen. Not just in this church, but I believe in my heart of hearts. Amen. God's calling you up beyond where you're at now. I don't know what that means. But I'm telling you, I felt in the Holy Ghost, amen, God's trying to call you up. God's trying to lift you up. God's trying to anoint you and use you. God wants to stretch you. I don't believe God wants to make just you in the back new people. I'm not the man I was 20 years ago. And you don't have to be. I'm astounded teenagers think... uh, I've had teenagers commit suicide, not in my church, but around family or friends. Can you imagine a 12-year-old saying, I've lived all the life 
that I've got. There's nothing left for me. And believing that. And yet I have in this room some folks that are 30 or 40 or maybe even 50. Maybe some of you 60-year-olds. I don't know. But you've said in your heart of hearts, this is all I am. This is all I have. This is all I'm going to do. This is all I'm going to be. I'm just going to carry this old stale bucket of water the rest of my life. And I just came today to tell you, there is a new thing. Don't, please, dear God, don't drink from that water. Don't drink from the water of your mistakes. Don't drink from the water of your weaknesses. Don't drink from the water of your past experiences. Don't drink from the negative. Amen. You don't find God saying, well, I'd love to... <laughs> I'd love to really do a work in your life, but man, you did something when you were 16 and I just can't. Somebody did something to you when you were 22 and man, that's a mountain too high. Keep drinking from that bucket. Keep drinking from the bucket of your negative experiences. Go back to them. Suck on them. When you're laying in bed at night, Think about how you've been wrong. Think about how you've been hurt. Drink from the nasty bucket. Drink from your mistakes. Drink from the circumstances of your life. I'm telling you, if a guy that's blind can sleep under a table and go to Israel and the professors in Israel say, we're not equipped for guys like you, we're not prepared for guys like you, and you can't even speak Hebrew, you don't belong here, you need to get out of this university, you need to go back to America, and we're not even going to let you stay. And he says, please, 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 if you'll just let me, I'll prove you wrong. After the first year, they started giving him scholarships. They started paying for him. Rabbis, rabbis started stepping forward and handing him money. He went to Jerusalem and started explaining to one of the head rabbis in Jerusalem about what the oneness of God really means. And the rabbi said, you've been sent from God. I believe you're anointed. I believe God has given you a vision. God has given you a purpose. I'm talking about a drug dealer. I'm talking about a meth lab creator. And yet, I'm talking about our God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all, above all. Above all. Our world is so interested today. If you're, if you're running the flow, you can be seated for a minute. If you're running the flow of our world, if you're watching TV, if you're listening to the evening news, it's all about me. I'm going to be who I am. I'm going to be who I am. I'm going to be what I feel like I should be. I'm going to be this today and that tomorrow and this next week because it's all about me. Amen. You can get caught up in that baloney. It's all about you. But I'm telling you, there's a bigger calling in this room. And it's all about what he can do. Your pastor preached it for a half a second. Amen. About the gifts of the Spirit. I'm telling you, I believe in God moving through your hands. 
I believe God wants to move through your voice. Uh, I believe you can speak things and they come to pass. I believe you can speak the word. Boy, this would change people. Man, Pastor, I don't know. I've got this problem. I got my aunt, my uncle, my cousin, my brother, my coworker, my neighbor, my wife, my husband. I've got the, my kids. Oh God, I've got my kids, and my kids are just, and I've got this problem and this problem. I'm talking to the lady the other day, and she said, "I just can't even tell you all the problems I've got." And I thought, good. <laughs> Hallelujah. She's getting the idea. Hallelujah. Amen. I just wish somebody would come in to my office one day and say, Pastor, I got to tell you about my God. I got to tell you what my God can do. I got to tell you what the Holy Ghost can do. I got to tell you what the Spirit can do in my life. Amen. You mean it's happened? No, it ain't happened, but it's going to happen. Amen. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming in my life. I got I to gotta quit preaching. Amen. But I'm telling you, God can restore your marriage. God can rebirth your children. God can cause your family to come into the church. Be seated. I said, God can cause your family to be saved. My entire life, my dad was an alcoholic. My entire life, my mom brought me to church. My dad would come on Christmas and Easter. If we were in the play, my dad would show up. I graduated from high school, went to Bible school, got married. I never went home. I prayed for my dad. One day about, I don't know, eight years after I left home, I got a call from my dad. And my dad said, son, I just want you to know I got the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. I'm going to get baptized this Sunday. Amen. I'm telling you, a God beyond knowledge. Beyond knowledge, knowledge beyond knowledge. Amen. God is able to transform this church. God is able to rewrite this church. God is able, amen, and intends to make a new church. Because he wants you new. Some of you old saints, he wants you new. In fact, don't come to church next week as an old saint. If you're drinking of the new water, amen. If you're drinking new water, amen, it ain't. You can't get old Holy Ghost. Let me say that again. You can't get old Holy Ghost. I'm approaching 60, and I don't believe in the old Holy Ghost. I believe I need to pray through now. I need to move in the Spirit today. Amen. There ain't old healings. 
Oh, I wish the church what it was way back then. My God, heal somebody today. Amen. There's enough spirit flowing. Your pastor's already said for anybody in the room to be healed in the Holy Ghost. Amen. There is new spirit here. There is new spirit now. There is a new anointing today. There's a new church tomorrow. There's a new touch of God. My Lord. Think about it. Amen. A monkey. Give me a break. Science has found you tape fingers together, touch the head, and it's going to be one finger. You pull them apart, it's going to be different fingers. My God, if you let the Spirit of God touch your heart, your mind, your brain, you could walk in here different. There's the saints that come in with their lip dragging the ground and they step on it in the way. Coming in the door, you know, oh, oh, just such a hard life. Oh, I stepped on my lip again. Next week, they can have little thin lips. Little bitty thin, no lips dragging the floor. Little bitty thin lips. And they say, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but I got my eyes on Jesus. He's going to take care of it and me and everything else around me. What a. Want to have a better marriage? I feel like I'm doing a seminar now. Want to have a better marriage? Boy, you look good. You're beautiful. I love you. You're fantastic. What a great grandma. Takes care of those grandkids. What an awesome woman. Try this. Man, you sure aggravate me. You're about to drive me crazy. The way you talk all the time and you ask so many questions, you're just absolutely... I'm talking about the power of your words. Who would you rather be married to? Oh, man, you look good today. I like that dress on you. That blue looks good on you. I like to say when my wife walks in the room, yeehaw. Yes. She's beautiful. Well, how do you, what do you say to your wife? You gained a few pounds recently, hadn't you? Well, your false teeth look good on you, sir. Uh, think about it. My God, why would we say, I'm in so much trouble, I don't know. You're not looking at your God. You're drinking from an old well. Stand with me, would you? My wife's giving me the nod. My God. What if we went home new? I'm, I'm telling you, I feel in the Holy Ghost. As soon as I told your pastor no, I told my wife, I said, man, I wish I wouldn't have told him no. 
I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost started talking to me. And I just, and then I walked up to your pastor and he said, you know, I just really felt like you should preach today. And if you're going to go ahead and preach, I want you to go ahead and preach. And I said, are you sure? And he said, yeah, I just, I just feel like if you've got it, you just go ahead. And so this is what God told me on Thursday. Stop drinking from your old experience. Let me, let me be real clear. Stop drinking from yesterday's Holy Ghost. We're not saved. I got baptized in 74. First person baptized in my church. We built a new church, built a new baptismal. And the first time it was ever used, I got baptized. Man, got the Holy Ghost at camp. Prayed through. Our campground was sawdust on the floor. We literally, Georgia camp, had sawdust on the floor. You could tell who wasn't paying attention because they'd be playing in the sawdust with their feet. Be a little cloud going up between their legs, you know. You can see it across the auditorium. Who's paying attention and who isn't? But I'm telling you, I can't live off of a 1974 Holy Ghost experience. His mercy is new. How dare I carry around an old bucket, an old experience, an old relationship? How dare I think that I ought to just look at the problems? How to look at what Biden's doing, or how to look at what Putin's doing, or how to look at. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost wants to walk new, not just right now, but He wants to walk new with you every day. Every day you can meet the Holy Ghost. Before you go, before you get out in traffic or job, Holy Ghost meets you. If you'll make room for Him, I guarantee you, He'll be there for you. Amen. All across this room, every head bowed. There are people in this room, you just think, and the enemy's convinced you that it's always this way and it's always going to be this way. Young people, amen. You ought to see what God's going to do with you. You see how God can create you. God can rewrite you. Amen. Come on, look up and see Jesus. I feel the Holy Ghost here. Somebody, there's a group of somebody in the room Amen. You want new. You want to lay some things down. You've been uncomfortable carrying them. You know they don't belong. Amen. But you've carried them anyway. But come on. Amen. Lay aside every sin and the weight that does so easily beset you.
lay it down. Put the old bucket down. Put the old doubt down. Put the old fears down. Amen. Come on. New God. New day. New presence. New outpouring. New spirit. New water. Amen. Let the old be the old. Let the new be born in you. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Amen. I'm going to offer it to you. Amen. Anybody wants new wine? Amen. Anybody wants new wine? Maybe you've never had it before. You want to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Come and get new wine. Amen. If you had a drink a long time ago and want a new drink, come on down. Get a new drink. Amen. If it's been weeks, come on down and get a new drink. If it's been months, come on down and get a new drink. Amen. Come on. Let the Holy Ghost do it. Let the Spirit of God do a work in your life. Come on. I want new. God, I'm going to lay. Come on. Commit. Amen. God, I'm going to lay this down. God, I'm going to set it aside. I'm not going to think like this anymore. Amen. My mind is going to be rewritten. God, I'm going to have a new heart. I'm going to have a new mind. I'm going to walk away with a new attitude, a new spirit, a new anointing, a new touch. I will be new. I will not be satisfied with the old. I will be new. Sometimes it is easy to start on your destination without knowing the exact path that it takes to get there. To get to our destination, we need to follow the one who knows our predestined path. Be sure to subscribe and watch us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Also, visit us at www.livinghopemd.com. So I'm going to wait on you, Jesus. I'm going to wait.